of Talking Terror with TFL. My name is Zion, and I'm the head of communications at TFL. Today, I'm joined by a number of all-stars. So we've got Stephen, the product marketing manager at TFL. We have Miguel, who is the co-founder of Pulsar, and also the head of product at TFL. We've got Mike, who is the engineering lead at TFL. And we have Evan, who is the docs team lead at TFL, as well as the uh, Grandmaster of Alliance DAO. So there's a ton to talk about as we head into the new year, but we'll start with Mike giving us an update on Station V3. Uh, then we'll talk about the two terror governance proposals we've been working on, um, have Evan touch on Alliance DAO and what's been happening there with the Alliance DAO NFT collection Mint. And then we'll have Miguel talk about Pulsar. And then we'll see where we are on time and maybe also cover Enterprise and a chain upgrade coming soon. Um, and if anyone has any questions in the audience or would like to discuss something throughout the space, as always, just request to speak and I will add you as a speaker. Or you can also, if you don't want to speak, but you still have a question or something you would like us to discuss, just drop a reply to the tweet for this space. And we will check that throughout and try and get to those questions as well. Um, but we'd like these spaces to be more of discussions versus just us kind of cycling through a number of updates. So definitely feel free to jump in at any point. Uh, and like I said, just request to speak or drop a reply. All right, so with that, why don't we start off with Mike? Uh, do you want to uh, start us off by talking about how things are going with development on Station B3? Sure. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, so yeah, so development is going pretty well uh, with Station V3. So we're working uh, on basically kind of three products in one. Uh, the the primary product uh, being the extension, the the browser based extension. Uh, but then we also have the dashboard uh, experience, which is kind of the website. And then we also have the mobile experience as well. Um, so. The extension is what we're uh, going to kind of roll out with first. Uh, I think that's what most people are familiar with. And uh, principal development on extension is pretty much completed at this point. Uh, we're now in uh, beta testing and going back and forth, kind of fixing bugs and improving some things here and there. And uh, dashboard and mobile are following uh, right behind. Nice. Yeah, station super exciting. I know a ton of people in the audience are really excited about its launch as well. Why don't we talk a little bit about, um, Mike, if you want to, how Station V3 is going to differentiate from some of the other uh, Cosmos wallets that are out there. Sure. And thank you. Uh, so, yeah. So one of the, the big goals uh, with Cosmos right now is uh, IBC. You know, that's, I think, one of the um, advantages Cosmos has over other 
uh, chains and, and other uh, blockchains is IBC and how interconnected the chains could be. And I think that's really where the focus should be kind of going forward is bringing these chains together while smoothing out and kind of uh, reducing the friction for the end user. Um, so the end user should understand and feel that they're on another network or, or, or moving their assets around, but they should be able to do it all from like one kind of center con console. They, they don't have to worry about kind of how all the guts are made. Is it transferring here? Is it using the right channel there? So I'd say coming right out of the gate, um, probably one of the features that we're most uh, proud of and we've been doing the most uh, attention on um, has been working with a lot of partners uh, with emerging technology for routing and swapping. So we're putting in cross-chain swaps directly into the wallet experience so that uh, we get the optimal routes, uh, whether wherever your chain is. We're using um, routing partners to kind of find both the most economically uh, advantageous routes, uh, but at the same time, we want the uh, lowest delay. So we don't want to have to wait these very long times for you know relayers to swap back and forth. And so I'd say... Yeah, cross-chain swaps is where we're starting. And kind of uh, the kind of unsung hero of all this is also our infrastructure. Um, so we have our team working very hard. One of the, the most difficult parts about doing this is making sure that we have uh, the the nodes required, the, the infrastructure required to operate all of these chains that we support. Um, so in order to you know, make these relayers work. If there's not a relayer, if there's not a channel open, our infrastructure team has been putting relayers up. And um, so yeah, that, I'd say that was probably one of the big differentiators between us and some other walls is that we're working on all of our own infrastructure and we're also working on, with uh, these teams to bring, you know, uh, make IBC a little bit smaller um, and make the path smaller. Uh, with those cross-chain swaps though, something I'm really excited about that I've been playing with for a, a while now um, is uh, what we're doing for fee abstraction. So leveraging the swap partners and the routing partners, we want to take the friction out of moving to another network. Maybe you just transferred some USDC over from you know one of the USDC bridges, or maybe you went through Axelar or something like that, or maybe you on-ramped directly into Cosmos. What our goal is, is to make it so that you can use the entire Cosmos network without necessarily having to worry about having the L1 tokens. You want to do something on Juno, something just happened on Terra, something just happened on Osmosis. We want you to be able to use the station wallet to be able to interact on those chains and not worry, oop, you don't have the gas. Or maybe you accidentally sent a, a, a transfer over to something and you know your funds are on this chain, but you don't have the L1 token to get it off of that chain. We're using the swaps that we put into the cross-chain swaps to do fee abstraction. It's kind of like a transmute. You want to take the funds that you do have, whether it's Luna or whether it's another L1 token, and we want you to be able to transfer that into any other L1 token so that you can just, we're kind of greasing the pipes to, to make it nice and easy to go by, uh, go around. Um, it's just continuing on to different things that set us apart. Um, I think the easy to understand activity history. So with, you know, IBC transactions bringing Cosmos together, explorers are still a little bit behind on that. Even some really cool explorers that have really cool visualizations, what they're behind on is that they're still looking at things as one chain at a time. When you're in your wallet and you do an IBC transfer or something like that, you don't want to just see the first transfer. You want to see the first transfer, the, the last transfer, and anything in between. We're taking the transfers that you do within station or even without a station on the same wallet. 
we're taking those and we're putting them into very easy to understand activity history. And so, yeah, so our goal is to bring the entire lifespan of a transaction uh, into just an easy to understand just activity list. You want to just click on it and see, oh, I sent this from here to there. I swapped this from here to there. And you want to see the entire life cycle. Of course, you can drill down into each one and see the actual transaction on that native chains explorer. But we want to give you an entire holistic experience. So yeah, and then I, I'd say one other thing that kind of sets us apart is, and I think this kind of echoes back to a lot of Terra's history in in our approach to, to money and approach to fiat currencies, is that while USD is a standard, uh, we're providing conversion uh, within the wallet so you can see what your values are in your uh, currency. So whether the value is relative to US dollars, euros, pesos, yen, yuan, we we offer a variety of currencies and languages for that matter to so that you can localize your experience to what matters to you and so yeah i'd say those are probably i i kind of rattled off uh there for a little while so uh, i and didn't really pause for any questions so if you had anything um uh zion that you you wanted to touch base on there specifically sorry i kind of just machine gunned that off a little bit no, that was fantastic. Yeah, so hopefully everyone caught uh, everything that you had mentioned there. You know, I think that this is, it'll be even more clear, obviously, when Station launches, uh, how exciting some of these features are and how, how much they simplify the UX, you know, interacting with multiple blockchains. And I think most people within Cosmos, even though some chains can be a bit more kind of religious in nature, kind of a bit more maxi than others, uh, most Cosmos users are are interacting with multiple chains, and Station V3 will be unequivocally the easiest place to interact with multiple chains within Cosmos, and that's because of these features like native cross-chain swaps, fee abstraction, so you don't need to worry about you know which tokens you're holding in your wallet at any time to you know do different things that you want to do, send tokens around, do a swap, etc. Obviously, seeing everything that you're, you know, able to do and like an easy to understand activity history um, spot is going to be super useful. And then obviously appealing to Station's um, global audience. I mean, Station's a product that, you know, has hundreds of thousands of users, you know, worldwide. And there needs to be a way for those users to uh, access and utilize the application without needing to do manual conversions. I know. Our old friend Don Kuar used to talk about way back when about needing to do conversions to the euro because um, you know everything back then was denominated in dollars pretty much. So that's going to be a super useful feature for uh, the global audience that is not denominating things in dollars. Um, Mike, maybe you want to talk a little bit about um, some of the launch phases. So as you said, there's there's obviously multiple kind of products built into one you know, name, which is Station V3, you have like the extensions, you have the mobile app. So do you want to talk a little bit about what we're planning for the launch there so we can get these products out as quickly as possible and people can start using them? Yeah, sure. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, so uh, right now we we are actually just transitioning from our internal alpha phase to uh, an external beta phase. So uh, 
we've gotten a lot of just great feedback from internal users. We really want to target even non-technical users uh, and technical users alike. I think uh, in crypto specifically, uh, I think it's very important to pay attention to both the user experience and the developer experience. And so we've been collecting a lot of feedback from both communities on uh, wallet implementation and how some of these things work and what things we want to, you know, how we want to just move around certain things in the interface or kind of uh, optimize some of the feedback. So right now we're moving from uh, on the extension side, we're moving from the internal alpha to the external beta. Um, and so, yeah, so that works. Uh, right now we are supporting um, all the major Chrome-based browsers. So you've got Chrome, Edge, Arc, and Brave. Um, those That's who we're targeting, like the primary target for uh, the extension. Uh, for the um, for the dashboard features, something that I'm I'm really excited about is working with uh, with the Pulsar team, who's uh, recently joined the TFL team, to bring that kind of dashboard experience directly into station uh, desktop. So when you get to your portfolio, you have a really good holistic view of. Uh, everywhere that your assets are. And so that's one of the major features we're putting in. Um, that uh, So the sequence of things is uh, we're going to be, uh, the beta for extension is going to be out first. Um, and then uh, we're going to be moving to the dashboard very soon after, and they'll probably be releasing around you know the same time together. Um, and so the other features that are included in the dashboard are you know you have your staking and governance but with a lot more rich data about what's going on there um, as i mentioned the activity list that exists in the wallet will have a more comprehensive view of that activity list on the dashboard and uh and the, all the staking governance voting and all of that stuff that you're used to being in the station desktop that's all going to be in there and then also, of course, last but not least is our mobile experience. Um, that takes a little bit more testing. Uh, that's being all developed in uh, what's called React Native. And so what that means is that we're able to produce uh, the same application and ship it to both iOS and Android. And uh, I'm very, very excited about the mobile experience. Uh, as a station user for several years now, I was always very, very proud of the fact that we had the number one mobile experience, I would say, in all of crypto. Um, you know. Before uh, we kind of went interchain, I'd say that the Terra community uh, had the best mobile experience. I'd say consistently the most mobile apps um, that that were mobile first, and then uh, progressive web apps as well. And so we're really trying to target that feel with uh, the V3 launch of uh, the mobile app as well. So that uh, we're we're getting into test flight and the uh, other. Uh, mobile testing apparatuses so that we can both uh, facilitate internal testing and then start to spread that out to other users. But that's where things definitely kind of open up a lot more because you definitely you have different mobile experiences depending on where you are in the world. You might have really good coverage, not very good coverage. And we want to make sure that we give you the most ro robust experience and access to everything that you expect to have in the extension in the mobile app. Thanks for that, Mike. That was super helpful. Yeah, and if anyone here wants to follow along with uh, station updates and keep an eye out for any leaked content on Station V3, you can follow at Station Wallets on Twitter X here, and then you'll be able to get all those updates right from there. Um, if anyone has any questions about Station, I'm going to look at the replies here. Mike, I did see uh, a couple of questions here about station. So one was about station desktop. 
is there going to be a station desktop v3 do you want to answer that uh yeah thank you for that question um that is one thing i think our station desktop users will be unfortunately not as enthused about we will be uh deprecating the station desktop app um we've just had found that a lot of the the overhead around uh maintaining an entire separate app um was a bit prohibitive to further development so um when the v3 launch happens uh the current state of the desktop app will be kind of like frozen where it is um and then we'll be uh slowly encouraging users to use the the web experience for the dashboarding yeah so you know it's the the desktop app as it is now is basically it's the same experience that you get with the web app version right unlike if you look up station.money and you're using it um you know that's that's or when we say web that's what we're referring to if you were to go to station.money and you're using the station right on your your browser um you know in conjunction with your extension that's going to be exactly how you use station v3 as well so you'll be using the extension if you're using you know different applications within the cherry ecosystem or in other e ecosystems as well and then you'll be using the um, the web app, or, you know, we're going to be calling that the dashboard moving forward um, for, you know, doing things like staking, governance, monitoring your, the performance of, you know, your assets using the dashboard, looking at your activity history, which you'll also be able to do in, in the extension, but um, you'll be able to do all of that from the web app as well, uh, or from the dashboard. Um, let me see if there's any other questions here. Uh, Deving.zone would be nice to see XAU and BTC as local currencies in TerraStation V3. Um, I don't think those are going to make it into V3, but uh, possibly in the future, sir. All right. Uh, any questions from the audience here on Station V3 and the upcoming launch? Otherwise, we will transition into talking about the first of two governance proposals that we've been working on. All right. Uh, well, it looks like we don't have any additional questions for now. Um, if there's more in the future, then uh, we will try and get to those. Um, so the first Gov's proposal that uh, we'll talk about today that I've been working on is in relation to Alliance. And so just to give a brief overview on Alliance. Uh, so Alliance is an open source tool that really just allows blockchain communities to vote on which assets can be staked on their chain to both earn staking rewards as well as be redistributed to native token stakers. And these tokens that are voted in by the community are known as alliance assets. So almost any token can qualify as an alliance asset. So this is kind of the versatility or the generalizability of this tool is you could whitelist things like liquid staking tokens from other blockchains, which Terra has already done, liquidity provider tokens, stable coins, receipt tokens from depositing into different uh, DeFi applications, really any of those things. So that versatility empowers blockchain communities to not only form these mutually beneficial relationships with other chains, and that's where the, the name Alliance comes from, but also redirect some of their staking awards to incentivize various activities that benefit the entire ecosystem. So this could be things such as liquidity provision, um, application development, liquidation bidding, or you know, depositing in, into different applications or things like that um, outside of that. So 
So far, Terra has utilized Alliance to form these relationships with other chains like Miglu, strengthen Luna as an interchain staking asset being used on some of these other chains, attract using capital to Terra, and also reward participants who participated in battle testing the Alliance module ahead of its public release. Um, but Alliance, as I, as I just briefly mentioned there, is a super versatile tool. And there are a myriad of different ways that we can utilize it to grow the Terra ecosystem. And we've been thinking about how we can go about doing that. And so we're going to be publishing a proposal soon, which will look to whitelist key Terra LP tokens as Alliance assets. And the first two pools that we're going to be looking to whitelist as Alliance assets will be a USDC, native USDC, so noble USDC to USDT stable swap pool as well as an atom to Luna pool. And then in the future, possibly add other uh, kind of core Cosmos tokens as well, uh, like a TIA to Luna pool, DYDX to Luna, and um, possibly Osmo to Luna as well. But we'll start off with probably the initial proposal will just be the stable swap pool and atom to Luna. And the Alliance asset parameters for each LP, so like the reward weight or the, like the Luna staking rewards that are being directed to these LPs, um, Obviously, that's up for the community to decide like what that's going to be. But for each LP, Terra could target APRs, not including swap fees that are competitive with the highest APRs offered for these pools across Cosmos, which will drive new users and capital into Terra. So you could imagine a stable swap target APR. The community could target an APR of like 40%, and the Atom to Luna pool, you could target an APR of like 20%. Um, and you could do that with, you know, kind of somewhat of an insignificant amount of total Luna staking rewards. Um, and this, the way this would work from a UX perspective for those um, who might be curious is essentially you, you know, once these token, once these LP tokens are whitelisted as Alliance assets on Terra, uh, users will be able to basically just how they would provide liquidity normally, get the tokens, either both of the tokens or one of the tokens, uh, go to a DEX, provide liquidity, and then they would just on station stake their LP tokens uh, in the Alliance module to earn additional Luna staking rewards. They'd be earning swap fees, um, any additional external incentives on those pools on the DEX, if there are some, as well as the Luna staking rewards from the Alliance module. And incentivizing users to provide liquidity to these pools on Terra offers a number of benefits to the Terra ecosystem. So. First and foremost, as I mentioned, attracting new users and capital to the Terra ecosystem because these rates are going to be more competitive or on par with the rates that you would get anywhere else in Cosmos. It also drives increased stablecoin and Cosmos token transaction volume to Terra, which will lead to a higher staking yield for Luna stakers. Um, it'll increase the liquidity and the tokens available for projects that want to build DeFi on Terra. So continuing with the trend that TFL has spearheaded on Terra by providing liquidity for blue chip assets on Terra. This is going to be continuing that with strengthening liquidity for uh, stable coins as well as core Cosmos tokens on Terra. So that will make Terra an even more auspicious environment for developers to build DeFi applications on top of uh, that liquidity and, and those tokens. And it also provides a powerful example of how chains can utilize Alliance to strengthen their economies. So just further uh, providing more examples of, of why chains would integrate Alliance and form an Alliance with 
with Luna, for example. Um, and let me give a brief overview of kind of the reward allocation model here. It's very similar to the way that uh, we've been, you know, the, the way we implemented the virtual token model with liquid staking tokens on Terra. So, you know, we would be using a virtual token similar to what we've done with LSTs on Terra, allocate a portion of Luna staking awards to that token. You know, let's say like, you know, five or 10% of Luna staking awards go to that token, just as an example and then have them provided to each Alliance LP. So, you know, the way we div divvy that up, we'll, we'll kind of outline, you know, what, what the um, reward weight that we're targeting there is, and then how they'll be kind of broken up between the different LPs. Cause we'll obviously add to this. These are just the two first starting pools, but we'll add to it over time, most likely. Um, so, you know, those rewards will be like what we, you know, like the total Luna staking rewards that we put in the proposal will be, what we use for like, it'll be like the pool of rewards that go to all future LP tokens that we whitelist as Alliance assets for this purpose. Um, and to the extent that the amount of Luna staking rewards going to these pools is too much, you know, for like a target APR or something like that, we can redirect the excess Luna back to Luna staking rewards for native stakers so that nothing goes to waste. Um, so that's the so that's kind of the proposal there. So um, let me pause there. I know I, I kind of threw a lot out there um, to see if anyone has any questions or anything they want to discuss with regards to that. And any anyone on the panel as well, if you guys want to chime in with anything that you want to chat about with regards to the prop. Shout out to Evan, by the way. Evan helped with um, on the research side of things, modeling things out for uh, what we might want to set for reward weights and things like that for for the proposal. I'll just check the replies here to see. All right, no questions about this proposal. All right. Uh, well, we're gonna be we're, we're gonna be publishing this proposal in the coming weeks, so stay tuned for when that goes live on Agora, and then you can join the discussion there uh, to talk about that and any of the specific parameters or the proposal uh, from a fundamental perspective as well, and then. With that, I will hand it off to Evan. Um, Evan, do you want to talk a little bit about Alliance DAO, also in the vein of Alliance? This is the project that uh, we recently launched, uh, as well as the NFT collection that uh, that went live as well. Do you want to talk about that, Evan, and maybe give an overview of uh, you know the claim that's that's happening now? Hey, sure. Can everybody hear me? Yes. Cool. Um, yeah, so Alliance DAO, um, NFT collection to reward uh, people who participated in the game of Alliance, which was a uh, incentivized testnet to, te to test the Alliance module uh, back in February. Uh, the mint started, claim period started um, earlier in December, and it's ending on January 12th. Uh, so just want to make sure that everybody who participated in the Game of Alliance, um, you know, claims their NFT before January 12th, because after that date, you can no longer claim your NFT. Um, you can head to dao.alliance.money and connect your wallet and claim your NFT. Um, there's also more uh, if you follow the Alliance DAO on Twitter. Um, there's more information on that. But basically, um, the claim has been going pretty well. I think we have like 
over a thousand sixty claims so far. There's like been a lot of um, trading going on on Necropolis. Shout out to Backbone Labs for their fabulous work. Um, I think total sale volume right now is like fifty thousand Luna, something like that. A lot of NFTs were minted, like uh, just within the last like week, I would say. Um, that was pretty cool to see. So. You know, keep minting. We still have, you know, about a week before the end of the mint period. So if you haven't got yours yet, uh, go ahead and connect your wallet and get one. Um, so, yeah, I guess after the mint period um, or the claim period, any unclaimed NFTs after January 12th are going to be sent to the Dow Treasury. They'll be minted by the contract and sent there. And then the DAO, um, you know, Alliance DAO governance will figure out what to do with them. You can stake your NFT uh, on Enterprise, uh, the Enterprise DAO web app. There's the Alliance DAO there. You can stake. Um, there have been some staking rewards for the DAO so far, like some rower given out and similar tokens. Um, right now, there's no alliance um, rewards being given to the NFTs, but since we are getting closer to the end of the claim period, that uh, we will be putting up our prop to the governance forum, um, outlining you know the reward weight and the different parameters of the alliance asset owned by the NFT contract. And basically, I'll give a really brief overview. Um, the idea is that these rewards are stored in the NFT contract, and then you can claim them. Uh, each NFT can claim a portion of the rewards. Uh, each NFT grows rewards an equal amount, and then you can claim them, but you can only claim them once. So it's kind of like a uh, last man standing there. Um, it's been a really Fun project. It's been uh, there's been a lot of support, a lot of activity on the Alliance DAO Telegram room. Um, again, if you follow Alliance DAO on Twitter, you can uh, in the description. I think we have the Telegram room. You can join and join the conversation and join the DAO and be part of governance. Um, one last thing is that we're going to be having a town hall discussion tomorrow discussing the. Uh, Alliance asset proposal, how the mint is going, and another few ideas for um, what to do after the DAO gets its treasury going. Uh, so make sure to tune in tomorrow at 3 p.m. UTC. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for that overview, Evan. Appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, yeah, so definitely for those who participate in Game of Alliance, head to DAO.Alliance.Money to claim your Alliance DAO NFT before the claim period ends. And before we get into the second uh, governance proposal that we've been working on, which Stephen will talk about, um, why don't we uh, get through um, a couple of these questions in the replies. So, um, so, So there's a couple of people, Mike, asking about like when V3, but I, I don't think that we 
I think you guys will just be happily surprised. You know, I don't think we need to talk about specific timelines at this point. It's it's going to be coming very soon. Um, and like like Mike said, it's going to be because there's like, you know, multiple products roll into one. It's going to be coming in stages. Um, so another person was asking about um, Doe and how the case is going there, if he's going to be extra, uh, extradited. So, you know, I don't have any unique insight into Doe's personal legal situation. Um, you know, no, no one at TFL does. So, you know, what you guys are reading in the press is the same information that we have. And so, uh, yeah, nothing really to, to add to that. Um, what happened to Jax? So Jax is currently being... Um, put on hold just because the uh, the guy that was working on Jax is um, he's taking a leave of absence right now. And so um, we may revisit that later this year, but that's kind of where things stand on Jax right now. Uh, it's mostly complete and yeah, we just need to be kind of ready to go when we launch that to kind of service the, the new developer community that's gonna be coming into the Terry ecosystem and utilizing that and building things in JavaScript because that's a that's an entire undertaking within itself. Um, so uh, why don't we um, why don't we talk about Stephen? Do you want to talk about the governance proposal that uh, you've been working on there and maybe give an overview for everyone and and some of the benefits uh, that were that we're seeing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, thanks very much. Sure, so, sorry, not the benefits that we're seeing, the benefits that the benefits that it can bring to the Terry ecosystem. Right, right. I got gotcha. you. Um, so, this uh, second one actually came up uh, when Mike and I were discussing Station, and we were uh, discussing uh, how to make it easy for for new users to start with Station. And as we were as we were working through the different things, uh, I don't remember which one of us had, but it's it like why why aren't we just allowing uh, stable coins to be accepted as fees on Terra, which people who have been around the ecosystem for a long time know that's how the previous chain worked. So we're like, well, there's no particular reason why we couldn't do that. Talked with everybody um, and said, you know, this is a really, really good idea. So we're gonna post a, um, a prop on Commonwealth um, because we wanna discuss this with the community. Uh, the idea behind it is, you know, this, this is a, a way to make Terra, uh, you know, once again, be a good blockchain for first-time users. Um, being able to accept stable coins like, um, we would start with Axel USDC, uh, but eventually it could go to other ones like Noble USDC, Kava USDT, uh, Agorix IST, et cetera. Um, letting these be used as fee tokens makes the user experience uh, much more simple, especially for new users. Um, that means they can quickly on-ramp, that was the discussion Mike and I were having, how to on-ramp, uh, and begin inter interacting on chain with as little friction as possible, um, which will hopefully lead to increased um, volume over time of transactions. Uh, it will also give options for all users. Uh, you know, right now you have to spend, you have to spend your Luna to uh, interact on Terra. Maybe you don't want to. Maybe you want to hold it. Maybe you want to do something else with it. 
this gives all users uh, more options uh, for how to pay transaction fees. <clears throat> but uh, Luna will maintain its ability to pay transaction fees on Terra. And furthermore, uh, we'd want to make it the optimal uh, fee token uh, by making it cheaper compared to, to other stable coins. Um, so we're going to be posting a signaling proposal on this uh, on Commonwealth. I say it's a signaling proposal because fee stuff is technically just something validators can do. Uh, but this is a big enough change in the direction uh, from what it's been for the last while that, you know, feel it's important to get community input about it. Uh, so that one will go up uh, here shortly. Uh, we're going to start uh, the conversation just with Axel USDC. Um, some of the other ones uh, require some, some updates, uh, specifically once Station V3 is out. Uh, and that will will make them uh, an option in the future. Uh, but yeah, that's what that's what we're what we're planning. Uh, does anybody have any questions? Thanks for the overview, Stephen. Yeah, Sefi, uh, you requested to speak. How are you doing, sir? Hey guys, um, I was thinking about um, so there's a couple of protocols out there. Um, one is like Circle USDC's um, like native protocol where you can kind of like mint circle tokens native onto any blockchain is my understanding if you incorporate their system into your chain the other one is chainlinks ccip which has a similar capability um think like ibc except for other systems and in, in terms of cross-chain operability but in theory you'd have like you might have like for example a um usdt on chainlink ccip system and then it essentially creates a mint burn mechanism where chainlink will keep track of like what stable coins you've imported into your ecosystem burn them somewhere else mint them here but it might be a good like <clears throat> growth vector to look at particularly chainlink ccip being uh, among one of the earlier ch chains to add something like that i don't know how difficult it is i have no technical clue at all but the idea there would be like the more chains that incorporate Chainlink CCIP, the more likely you'll be, you're going to be able to bring in like Chainlink real world assets into the ecosystem to trade, or you're going to be able to bring in a stable coin released on CCIP to trade. Um, but Chainlink would basically handle the Oracle service plus the um, sort of like mint burn of those assets from chain to chain um, and essentially kind of function as a layer zero, I guess. I, I don't know exactly how it works. but Maybe something for TFL to look at incorporating as a way to sort of um, just like bring new liquidity in and um, make it easier for people to play games on Terra. Um, and probably like having that earlier than later um, gives a little bit of competitive advantage because I don't think a lot of chains have that yet, which could be kind of cool. Yeah, so um, uh, I can, I don't know as much about Chainlink uh, CCIP, so I'll let either uh, one or the other. Uh, uh, people on the panel talk about that. Uh, your other point on native USDC, I do, however. Um, so there is native USDC in Cosmos. There's also native USDT. Um, <clears throat> native USDC is on Noble. So that's what I referred to earlier. Later on, we could do Noble USDC. That's native USDC. Um, that's going to be the only chain in Cosmos that's going to have native usdc because i think, I think akash, also, akash is not really a chain with dexes and stuff right it's just 
so that it, it does have native also just to point that out oh okay yeah i might be right but um yeah noble is there the one they're you know pushing everybody from and and for usdt it's the same with kava uh so those are the the official ones um and we just want to integrate those because anybody can can ivc them over um not sure on ccip though if anybody else wants to to chime in on that one yeah ccip is something like maybe worth maybe researching as a team i don't really know too much about it but it looks like a good vector for like bringing in um liquidity from other places without having to use the the traditional bridge infrastructure which obviously has problems um so yeah ibc between cosmos chains ccip and i think eigenlayer i believe is doing some similar shit like that on ethereum but anyway point is like being early to the cross-chain game is all I'm advocating for. I don't know too much technicals about it. Yeah, um, and if I just, just just real quick, hey Sefi, uh, long time no chat. Um, wanted to correct about the USDC on Cosmos. Um, it's just Noble that has native USDC. Akash does not have native. They use IBC from oh, okay. Noble. Okay, got it. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. Also, I totally agree. Being early to the cross-chain game, extremely important. I think that's a way Terra can differentiate moving forwards. Yeah, and if I could uh, speak to the station side of things, uh, one of the ways we want to try to build swaps directly into station is uh, in a modular fashion, you know, uh, open to extension, closed to development. So the idea is whether we're using, you know, Skip as a partner, TFM as a partner, Squid Router, you know, uh, the Axelar team really pushing forward with GMP, uh, which is kind of like a, like the prototype, like between various networks, like what IBC hooks is within Cosmos. GMP was really pushed forward by the Axelar and Squid teams, working with them on that. I love the CCTP front end, and uh, I would love to work with that as either whether it's a swap interface that we use or some sort of bridging interface to get uh, the USDC onto Terra is definitely in our crosshairs and something that we're looking at going forward. Yeah, uh, Michael, you should hit us up. So Blake, who was on my team for a long time, uh, built CCTP.money, and my team did the CCTP implementation. Um, we'd love to help you guys make onboarding USDC onto Terra as easy as possible. Um, also, as far as GMP goes, we worked with GMP while we were at some worked with GMP quite a bit. Um, for more complex applications, it's a little bit tougher to make that work, but there's a number of weird technical reasons why that is. Ah, cool. Thank you. Yeah, definitely open up to chat as much as possible. Um, that the the goal of Station really going forward is, you know, bring Cosmos a little bit closer, reduce the friction users, and then go beyond Cosmos and make that friction be just as low. And I think that with tools like right now with uh, Squid Router, and there's a lot of other tools really breaking down the barriers between chains. I, I've done some really fun stuff. Uh, my wife is an avid DeFi Kingdoms player, and the fact that I've been able to get stuff from uh, from the Cosmos over to wherever she's doing DFK stuff and back, it's been excellent. And that's exactly what I want to do is continue to break down those barriers between Cosmos and other ecosystems, but then also inter-Cosmos. So thank you. Oh, yeah, I think we have uh, Grin. Um, Scott has hand raised, or her hand raised. Do you want to speak? Uh, yes, this is Grin. I... I am the she who had her hand raised. I had two questions about um, one about the Alliance DAO, you lovely boys, and then one about the stablecoin proposal. Okay. Go for it. Go ahead. So, for the Alliance DAO, 
if there are, say, 8,500 of these NFTs that are not minted and they go to the treasury, uh, they will continue to accrue the reward, the lovely rewards. And then um, could the, would the DAO be able to vote to just break them and put the rewards in the treasury? And then if that happened, would the, the additional reward stream now accrue at a higher rate to each individual extant NFTs? Yeah, that is one thing that could happen. Um, that's not really what I want to happen, but it is something that could happen. Oh, it's about your patriarchal control, is it, Evan? <laughs> not really, but um, that's totally something if the DAO decides to do that, um, that could happen. Right now, there's no rewards going to them. The Alliance proposal hasn't been put up yet, but it will be put up um, you know, in the coming days. And uh, we'll have a space on that tomorrow. My second question, if I may, gentlemen, Evan, is that okay with you? With what you want to happen? May I have my second question? Yeah, go I'm for deferring. It. Okay, my second question is what I although I understand that you that using a, a basket of, of different bridge stables or cosmos native stables as gas on Luna might be um, user friendly. It to me it seems like it might be Luna holder unfriendly, although it could bring more liquidity to the chain. It sort of takes away one unique use for Luna. In the prior ecosystem with UST and Luna, there was a direct relationship between the creation of additional UST and the destruction of Luna. So that even if you chose to hold and spend the UST, that there was a benefit to Luna holders. And so Luna holders loved to see their little, their little USTs be destroyed for fees on chain, because then they knew that their Luna was becoming more scarce and valuable. But if you allow external uh, stable coins with no direct tie to Luna, to be used for gas on, on the chain, it seems to take away then from the unique value of holding Luna. And I'm not sure what would step in to replace some of that value, except for maybe some additional TVL, but TVL is, is, is sort of like a disloyal husband. If it finds something more interesting, it'll go there. And so it's not like that, that TVL is like a permanent benefit. So I'm worried about diluting the value of Luna by inviting the use of all these little stable coins. Have you thought about that much? Yeah, it's a good question. So we did think about that. Um, and this is one of the reasons why using uh, Luna in this proposal, one of the things we'll be putting forth is the option to still continue to use Luna at uh, a lower fee rate than using the stable coin. So although you, you'll be able to use the stable coins to pay for fees, um, it will cost slightly more to do that than it will to use Luna. So Luna will still be the preferred fee token within Terra. It'll just be that users have uh, a greater number of options with regards to using Luna to, to pay for fees. That's interesting. I, wasn't, I don't remember hearing that as part of your gentleman's proposal, but thank you that at least gives me some uh, confidence that you are thinking about the issue. And you can always <laughs> turn it off later if you want, correct? You can turn it off. Yes, Thank yes, you, yes. boys. 
you're welcome <laughs> okay um all right so yeah that's uh that is kind of the discussion around that proposal there we're going to be posting that uh for discussion on agora sometime soon and people can chime in with their thoughts on uh the new fee tokens that could be coming to Terra soon. Um, so we have about nine minutes left. I wanted to um, get Miguel up here to talk about Pulsar. So TFL acquired Pulsar, I think two months ago, and they are a leading uh, data infrastructure and uh, cross-chain asset management um, platform. And so um, Miguel, how are you, sir? Hey, Zion. Thanks for having me. Hey, everyone. A lot of friendly faces here. Hope you had a great year. Uh, yeah, I'm doing fine. I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about Pulsar today. Absolutely, man. Yeah, why don't you, if, I mean, you can start wherever you'd like, but if you'd like to talk about, uh, you know, kind of how 2023 went for you guys and coming into 2024, um, you know, what you guys are kind of thinking about. Yeah, cool. So before we enter in 2024, let me just quickly recap what we did last year for those who weren't following our journey then. So last year alone, we added support for 45 new blockchains and 600 new DeFi protocols, uh, officially making us like the most complete portfolio manager in the space uh, with almost 100 networks today. So if you go to Pulsar Finance right now and you add your address, whether that's a Terra, uh, IBC, uh, other IBC, EVM chains, or even Solana, Cardano, Tron, you'll see all your holdings broken down by different categories like staking, farms, and uh, debt, and even NFTs are tracked there. Uh, we also added support for centralized exchanges last year, so, such as Binance, Coinbase, and others. So we also got you covered there. Now, fast forwarding, to 2024 and after getting acquired by Terra, we built this huge foundation, right? In, ter in terms of number of chains. And uh, the first few months of this year are mostly months of consolidation and fine tuning as we have scaled our user base quite a lot over the past few months uh, with this mini bull market. And we noticed some stuff could be further improved to, to allow for the next 100X users uh, to have a smooth experience using our dashboard. Uh, I believe this year could be quite pivotal uh, for the sector with the institu institutionalization of crypto. So we are trying to prepare for that as better as we can. Uh, regarding these new features for this year, we have a lot of them in the pipeline. Uh, some of them I cannot discuss publicly as of today, uh, but I, be, I believe users will be super excited with what's to come uh, when we decide to announce it. Uh, anyway, uh, from what I can share now, we're working on providing more detailed insights to pretty much every user on our portfolio. So for example, uh, features such as comparing the performance of different assets across portfolios, helping you understand what holdings are performing better every day. Uh, you'll also be able to compare your portfolio total performance against other assets such as Bitcoin or Ethereum. Uh, you'll be able to see the full exposure broken down per ecosystem and category. This can help you mitigate risk to see if you're 
super exposed to either token or an ecosystem. Besides that, we are also working uh, with the station team, as Mike mentioned, to make uh, station this uh, one killer app where you have this 360 view and control uh, over all your holdings. This is pretty much uh, the, the main thing that made me bullish uh, from the moment I joined TFL to have this cross-chain dashboard uh, like kind of bundling together with this cross-chain um, wallets. And I, I think, yeah, I think for now it's all I can share. Let me know if you guys have any questions. I don't have, we don't have much time left, but we'd love to get some ideas in the chat on what we can build next uh, from our most loyal users and the ones that use us every day. And whether, uh, so the way you see Pulsar Finance merging with uh, Station, how do you see that going? Uh, you have any ideas? We're always on the lookout for feedback. And yeah, you guys are our, our most loyal users. We'd love to hear you. Yeah, thanks for that, Miguel. Yeah, if anyone here, uh, you know, I, I use Pulsar. I know a ton of people in the Terry ecosystem use Pulsar as well. It's most people's preferred portfolio management tool. And I think with the addition of these new features, I think it's going to be even better than it is now. And so if there's anyone in the audience that, you know, wants to um, provide some thoughts on uh, Pulsar in terms of new features you'd like to see, like Miguel said, or how you see it merging with Station um, in the future, feel free to just request to speak and we will bring you up. Otherwise, you could also um, reply to the tweet for the space jack do you have any thoughts on this uh yeah you know i was a station user way back in the day uh and i i haven't picked it up recently but i was um you know listening to this and a couple other things i've seen recently it seems like there's a lot of new features really excited to check those out yeah the, did you catch the beginning of this space M mike talked about uh what's coming in station v3 i didn't i think uh actually have a dm from somebody on your team <laughs> with some details on this that I was reading. Anyway, uh, no, I, I did not catch the beginning of the space. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's yeah, there's definitely, I mean, there's a lot coming to Station V3. And I think, you know, if you liked Station V1, Chris talked about this in uh, uh, his Cosmoverse keynote um, this year in Turkey. One of the things that he was talking about is, you know, if you liked Station V1, if you liked the original Station, you're going to love Station V3 because it's returning to that ease of use and simple experience. And it makes it even better with the fact that Station has moved to being an interchain wallet with uh, the implementation of things like cross-chain swaps, um, fee abstraction. So you're not gonna need to, uh, you know, like if you send tokens to a chain, I think everyone's done this at some point <laughs> using multiple Cosmos chains. You send tokens to one chain and then you realize that you've kind of orphaned them there because you don't have the fee token you need for that chain to get them off. So then you need to acquire that token, send it to that wallet, and then it's a whole process. So fee abstraction will simplify that in V3 as well. You also have the uh, activity history. So you'll be able to see, you know, all of the things that you're doing across chains without needing to dive into like multiple individual blockages yeah. to do that. I, you know, I think what, what you're describing here is a set of features that is going to be the sort of user dashboard for all of their crypto. And I think that there's a lot of folks trying to build this right now. I think, honestly, the Cosmos stack is probably by far the best stack to build this on because there's the most different 
chains to poke around on and there's enough cross-chain uh, affordances to make building out a lot of the earlier features easy. But I think there's a ton of value in this kind of like super app that helps mediate interactions with a bunch of different chains. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the thesis behind Station is to become the interface to to Web3. And like you said, Cosmos is the perfect stack to do that. I've, I've seen a lot of praise for for the Cosmos stack on Twitter recently, actually. Um, so hopefully that'll continue in the coming months. I know a lot of other ecosystems are, are kind of exploring it, and we've seen kind of a mini uh, Cosmos ecosystem explosion in, in the past few months. So we'll see if that continues. Yeah, you know, I think that um, this is something that we've all been working towards for a, for a long time. And just shows the strength of the underlying technology and the community that we've built here. And I think that there's a lot of exciting stuff for, for Cosmos in store in 2024. Absolutely. Yeah, super excited for this new year. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, check out, I think the thing, you know, there's many things that I am excited for in 2024. You know, I, I, my, my team built Noble and the native USDC integration. So seeing that continue to grow as well as any number of other uh, things that we work on with our portfolio companies at Galileo or uh, different partners at Strangelove. But I think the, by far the thing that I'm most excited about is Penumbra. Um, very, very cool. <laughs> if you guys don't know, go check it out. It, it's going to be a huge launch this year. What's Penumbra? Um, that may be a total like naive no. question. I'm, uh, there might be a ton of people that already know what it is. but <laughs> uh, no, yeah, There are no bad questions in crypto because there's so much jargon and insider knowledge. I, you know, everyone has to ask questions. <laughs> Penumbra is, uh, their Twitter page says, a fully private cross-chain proof-of-stake network and decentralized exchange for the Cosmos and beyond. But um, what it is... You want to talk about jargon, that's literally like the most incomprehensible statement I've ever Totally. Heard. Yeah, it's built <laughs> by a bunch of folks who help build Zcash. And it is oh, nice. um, real software-based privacy. So there's no SGX anywhere in the middle. They've done the whole thing using zero-knowledge proofs. It, it is really um, it, it, an excellent chain, and they've got a DEX on it, and it's fully IBC compatible, so you guys will be able to integrate it into Station and move assets over into this private zone. Um, Penumbra is, is truly a, a DEX from the future, is what Zaki calls it, and I think that's definitely true. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I've been waiting for privacy to come to Cosmos. It's obviously it's been it's been in uh, the Ethereum space for a while now, but yeah, that that'll be interesting. I'm gonna check that out. When are they planning on launching? Oh, I may have cut out. Or no, you're still here. I still hear you. Oh, Jack might have. Oh, here he's requesting to speak. Sometimes it happens. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, sometimes that happens. Launching. Um, I think sometime Q2 next year. They don't have a public date for it yet, um, but they did. You can go in and try out the um, the command line tooling and some of the other pieces. They have a website, summoning.penumbra.zone, where in order to set up the, the proofs for starting the chain for a lot of the zero-knowledge stuff, there's a, a ceremony required. And this is step one of the ceremony. Uh, and you can go contribute randomness uh, along with 10,000 other people. Um, so go check out summoning.penumbra.zone and, and follow there for more information on launch. 
Cool. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. That's interesting. Yeah, there's been a lot of new projects launching in Cosmos recently, huh? Yeah, you know, I think that there's always a lot of new projects launching in Cosmos. And I think <laughs> that that's because we are by far the best build your own blockchain tool toolkit in the world. And I think that, you know, we don't say that enough as an ecosystem uh, because I, I think there's a lot of navel gazing and there's a lot of people who want to, you know, point out the flaws in what we've built. But the fact is, is that there's nothing else even remotely comparable. Optimism needed to have a huge investment from Coinbase along with another a number of other things to get base to build on top of the OP stack. But you don't see a huge influx of other OP stack rollups. And why is that? It's because the bridging tooling is bad and insecure in Ethereum. You know, I think we had another hack last week. And there's many, many other things there. Anyway, thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming up. Appreciate it. Um, so we're we're slightly over time here, uh, but I wanted to thank everyone for dropping by. Um, there's a ton of other stuff that we can discuss, but we do these every two weeks. So drop by in a couple of weeks. We will have our next one. And any closing thoughts from the panel that we have up here? Anything you guys want to close with? Otherwise, we can close it off. I just want to give a shout out uh, again to uh, Evan. For writing all the uh, the lore for Alliance Style, we're gonna we're gonna uh, compile all of his uh, uh, planet dossiers on the, the Terra Medium soon. So check that out if you missed them uh, before the the mid begin. Uh, those are called there soon. Thank you. Yeah, and tomorrow at three p.m. UTC, um, I think that's like ten a.m. EST. We're gonna have a, an Alliance Style town hall space. So tune in for that. I'll see you guys there. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you to everyone who asked questions, who listened in live and are listening back to the recording of this space on TerraSpaces. Shout out to TerraSpaces as always. And we will see you guys next time. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve. Mentality stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works. And we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt. We rape and plunder the earth. Sit and wonder about the worth and plate. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless. Trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets. Dead ants dragging out the max amount of pain. Payments, red down days, got them acting all bankless. Yo, fam, what? Check these tokenomics. They probing this bear, flexing broken honest. I had to lay my soul down. I'm just roasting knotters and then to end a long day. Eleven bowls of chronic. Never known the politic. I was born to frolic. It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot. We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top. We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom. Over impossible losses, all moss, and I'm liking the odds. Fond in the morning, forming mycological. Bonds. Flick the cap, yo, the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner They stacked in non-toxic just to get a 
better place smacking on the hostage Like this shit is way for keeps clowns White knight and all these Maybellines They call it implausible When model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats Tearing apart your community All these low hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach Coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts And send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release When I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs We got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king You better have some of each Motherfuckers fuckers screaming out loud Looking for mercy Before they find themselves Working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasure under the dirt, we rape and plunder the earth. Say and wonder about the worth and plate. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served.